On this episode of Liberty Curious, I sat down with Thomas Hogan to discuss what he coined the SEC's illegal war on crypto. Thomas, senior research faculty at AIER and former chair to the Senate Committee on Banking, Housing and Urban Affairs. Tom explains how the SEC has charged crypto exchanges Binance and Coinbase with facilitating the trade of unregistered securities. Yet the opacity of the statute as it pertains to crypto and the SEC's arbitrary and contradictory application have made compliance with the law impossible. All right, so Thomas Hogan, thank you for coming back here on Liberty Curious. The last time that we spoke, it was about Operation Chokepoint 2.0, uh, which was essentially the coordinated attack of the crypto industry. And now maybe it's about two months after that, and here we are, and more things are uh, seem to be under attack or are imploding or exploding. So now there's this war between Binance, Coinbase, and the SEC. So... Um, Let's go into that. Can you give me a broad overview of what has been playing out in the last couple of weeks there? Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be on again. And I you know, wish it were under better circumstances. There's so much to talk about on the, the legal front in the crypto industry right now. Um, and a lot of it is a little bit strange and would be funny if it weren't so sad. So the, the SEC is continuing its attack on the crypto industry. And as you mentioned, we had previously talked about Operation Choke Point 2.0, which seems to be a coordinated attack by a number of different financial regulatory agencies on the crypto industry. And now the SEC is taking it uh, even further and appears to be just trying to stamp out the crypto industry in the United States and potentially drive it offshore, which doesn't seem to be something that would be in the best interest of American investors, which is who the SEC is supposed to be protecting. So it seems like a little bit strange. The most recent in incidents here is that uh, the SEC has now sued the, the world's two largest crypto exchanges, Binance and Coinbase, and charged them with facilitating the trade of unregistered securities. And this is sort of a continuation of things that the SEC has been doing already. They had previously charged uh, several um, entities with issuing unregistered securities, and they had charged a few other smaller exchanges with trading in un unregistered securities. But this is really now escalating it, attacking two of the biggest players in the whole crypto industry with some of the most serious charges that could potentially drive them out of the United States or, you know, in their, their crypto activity completely in the United States. So these are very serious charges that the SEC has now brought and, and really like, you know, going after the biggest players to kind of drive out the crypto industry. And I should mention, Gary Gensler has recently said as much that he actually doesn't see any advantage to cryptocurrency at all. He said that we already have electronic currency in the form of electronic U.S. dollars and other currencies that people could use. And so he's kind of admitted now that he just doesn't see any value in the crypto industry, which seems like a strange statement coming from the main regulator that's supposed to be you know, encouraging the development of this industry. Yeah, and, and it's funny, too that he would say something like that, while at the same time, you know that the US and other countries in the world are actively working on developing CBDCs. Right, yeah, so the, <laughs> definitely the the government, at least a lot of governments <laughs> see some value in electronic currency, uh, but, but, you know, I think, you know, maybe that, maybe 
they do see value. The regulators do want to encourage a digital currency run by the U.S. government, and they're just against private uh, actors being able to do that. And so, yeah, that's you know part of the message. I mean, Gensler, Gensler has said that he believes that Bitcoin uh, is not a security and really doesn't need to be um, regulated by the SEC in particular. Mm. But he seems like every other cryptocurrency, he said, could potentially be a security. And they're now going after a variety of different um, cryptos. And they're doing that instead of by going after the issuers of those cryptocurrencies, attacking the exchanges so that there's no place for these currencies to be traded and that Americans really wouldn't be able to own or trade these securities. Um, and so it's kind of a roundabout strategy for eliminating the use of cryptocurrency in the United States. So what's interesting about uh, the cryptocurrency industry is that you have some different things going on, right? Like they call it the Wild West. So if you if you kind of want to do something that's fraudulent, you know, and something's not very regulated, you could get into that industry and be able to create kind of Ponzi schemes. So like there's things like that that happen. But then there's also innovators, entrepreneurs, and other people who are in that space, right? So like, can you can you maybe talk about like what that landscape kind of looks like? Yeah, no, that is a great question and an important point. I think in a second we can talk more about the details of the Coinbase and um, Binance lawsuits, but I think this is this is really important because Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, is saying that there is no value to the private cryptocurrency industry, and I think that that is an important thing to confront because because a lot of people that aren't familiar with crypto, that is what they think. They think that this is just a bunch of like tech bros trying to scam people out of their money using these fake currencies, but that's really not what this industry is about. I mean, Bitcoin is one cryptocurrency that is trying to be an alternative money, and so it is trying to specifically target that use. Um, and be a true currency in the name of cryptocurrency. But most of the cryptocurrencies are trying to do something different. They're not trying to particularly be currencies. They're trying to create value in some other way. And so some of these are utility tokens uh, like Filecoin that wants to be a file sharing service. And if you want to use that coin, then you can store files anonymously on people's computers. Or if you have extra space on your hard drive, you can offer uh, that as something that people can pay you to use it and take up that space. Or something like um, Helium that wants to be uh, wants to allow free Wi-Fi and internet service. Not free, paid for using the Helium token. And so they want to use their token to create some value for for people by offering them service for internet. The biggest use case, I think, is um, decentralized finance, where we have the opportunity to create a whole separate financial system built on blockchain technology, which is a huge advantage. You know, blockchain is, is uh, a technology that tracks every single trade and every single transaction. And so it's clearer and more transparent and more stable than the traditional financial system. In fact, many of the major financial exchanges in the United States, like the NASDAQ, NASDAQ has been experimenting for years with trying to, to create some blockchain alternative to their current trading system. And so they might switch their entire NASDAQ trading system onto blockchain technology just because it's more safe, it's more transparent. The, the financial regulators have been trying to get the exchange 
exchanges, the U.S. stock exchanges, for years to track every single transaction and every single trade. And they've said, look, we just can't do this. It's just too difficult given our legacy technology. But if they switch to a blockchain system, then it's going to do that automatically. It's going to track every single trade. And so it'll, it'll be a better and also cheaper system for financial transactions. We see it all the time on, on Twitter, people posting these trades where they see it on the blockchain that somebody traded like $100 million and the fee will be like five bucks, right? And in the traditional financial system, that would cost tens of thousands of dollars. And so it's just so much cheaper. It's so much more transparent. And I see that as a major use case that we could be developing a whole separate financial system on the blockchain. In Europe, they're doing it already. There are a lot of major European countries that have already issued stocks and bonds on blockchain technology, but we're just not allowed to do that in the United States because of this uncertain and even hostile regulatory environment. And so I think, you know, decentralized finance and and blockchain technology is going to be a huge development in the area of finance. In other fields as well, they're developing alternatives for social media, another version of Twitter or Facebook that can be done completely transparently where people have the rights to their data rather than these companies owning all the data that's being created on these social media platforms. Um, mm -hmm. Things like music, you know, NFT is being, NFTs are being used to uh, facilitate the sale of music for artists that, that are now not getting very much money out of Spotify and that are creating artwork in the form of NFTs. And so all these different uh, ways of using blockchain technology, all these different budding technologies that we're seeing on the internet, all, they're all things that are going to benefit from the use of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And so when we talk about blockchain technology and we talk about cryptocurrency, we don't just mean these scam tokens in meme coins. We do mean, you know, Bitcoin is an alternative money. But really, if people are worried about concentrating in, concentration in the banking and financial systems, if they want to be able to support their local artists and musicians, if they're worried about data privacy and social media, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology are huge benefits and, and uh, growth areas that people should want, uh, that people that want those things should be supporting blockchain and cryptocurrency. And so that's really what we're talking about here. Right. And, and so this has been also market driven, right? Like, so these have been innovations that have come because there was no uh, pre-existing regulation. Um, this was just coming from the, the innovative sector, right? And so now we see that like, I guess by trying to over-regulate and stifle the growth of this innovation, uh, it could kind of cut it off at its knees. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that are happening on the financial side in the cryptocurrency and de decentralized finance spaces, like really can't be done in traditional finance just because that system is so regulated. So regular financial mm -hmm. exchanges are so regulated right now that they can't even really change their pricing. They can't offer their customers a different pricing scheme without getting it approved by the regulators first. I mean, it's just insane. They're not allowed to operate by like regular businesses, and therefore they're not allowed to respond to the demands that their customers want. I mean, all, there are so many stories, like for example, the, the book uh, Flash Boys about the de development of the exchange IEX, they wanted to provide a new type of trading platform that would be better for small time traders. Their innovation was was called speed bumps, that they were going to slow down the trade so that these high, uh, high frequency trading algorithms didn't have an advantage over regular individuals that 
wanted to make trades. Um, but in order to do that thing that was going to benefit these small-time traders, they had to go through this huge bureaucratic process, and it was a nightmare to actually try to get their exchange approved. You know, mm -hmm. and so any kind of innovation that we want to see in the traditional financial system is very, very difficult. But in the cryptocurrency industry, it's much easier to innovate. Um, and so we're able to see these innovations where we have these decentralized exchanges that are 100% reserve, that are no leverage and no risk and fully transparent where you can see every single trade and you can see all of the money in the accounts on the blockchain. It's totally transparent. Um, and yet the regulators don't want people using this because they feel like they don't have control over it. Um, and so these innovations that are going to be good for consumers are really being slowed down um, and are in threat of being completely destroyed, or at least uh, Americans would not have access to those if the SEC and the other regulators get their way. And so that's a big problem for Americans that just want opportunities to invest in these new technologies that are potentially safer and better than the traditional financial system. It's almost like as if you just kind of keep using the fax machine, even though the internet exists and email exists, and you just won't let go of that, and you won't kind of advance technologically like you're you're going to suffer from that, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the regulators, they have the incentive to not have any innovation because it's risky, and if something went wrong, they would get blamed, right? Mm -hmm. And so they have the innovation to just not allow any, uh, sorry, they have the incentive to not allow any innovation and not any development. Um, there's also a, a kind of theory about uh, that people have been talking about on Twitter that it, it's not really um, it's not that, that cryptocurrency will be eliminated completely it's that it will be the traditional financial system gets involved you know now we see suddenly BlackRock the the biggest asset manager in the world uh, registering for an, an exchange traded fund an ETF on on Bitcoin and some other uh, uh, Citadel has just launched this new exchange where they're going to allow crypto trading. And so now these traditional players are getting in. And so people are saying, look, maybe this isn't to eliminate cryptocurrency per se. It's to eliminate these new startups uh, because the big traditional players now want to get into that space. And it is right. true that, look, the regulators have the they have more trust in the in the big players in the traditional financial system because they know them and they're regulated already. And so maybe there is, you know, a bit of truth to that, even if it's not a conspiracy theory, it is the case that the financial reg regulators trust those uh, companies more because in some way they're already regulated. Um, but definitely those big players aren't pushing innovation in the, in the crypto industry. They're not pushing these new developments and technologies that we're seeing that would be good for American consumers and investors. You know, looking at it another way, Tom, it might not just be trust, but it's kind of cronyism, right? Like it's choosing, you know, who are the preferred winners and losers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, whether they say that or not, whether that's intentional <laughs> or not, uh, the regulators have the incentive to, you know, do things that are going to uh, create barriers and make it harder for small companies, make it harder for innovators, and mm -hmm. make it easier for big existing entrenched players. And that's just the way that regulation works. So let's go now into kind of what's going on with this with this case. Like, what are the particulars? Like, what's what's going on here? Right. So the, the main thing is that the two largest crypto exchanges, Binance and Coinbase, have both been charged by the SEC with facilitating the trade of unregistered securities. 
But this is a problem for a lot of reasons. The biggest one is that the SEC won't say what is or is not a security. And so how are these exchanges supposed to comply with this if they won't, the SEC won't even tell them what the law is? I'll say actually before before we continue with that, it's a little bit more complex, especially with Binance. Binance has been charged with some much more serious crimes, um, one of them being that they are um, commingling the assets of the exchange with the investors, that they're basically using the deposits of some of the investors in the same way that FTX was, the giant exchange that failed, and it turned out that they were defrauding their investors. And so that's a much more serious charge. Um, and I actually don't know very much about the details. I personally do consider Binance to be a little bit more, less transparent. They're, they're international, and it's not really clear where they're based out of or how much they're complying with, with the laws. And so I think that is a little bit more uh, serious of a charge. But Coinbase is the opposite of that, that Coinbase is registered in the United States and has tried from the beginning to be the most compliant exchange and, and has been trying to comply with the laws. And so it's a mystery why the SEC is going after them and refusing to give them any clarity under the law. And so most of the uh, objections, I think, that are coming from Coinbase seem to be completely legitimate here. So the big charges that they have been facilitating the trade of unregistered securities. But like I said, it's not really clear what is or is not a security. The SEC has refused to say, and they've contradicted themselves many times about what they consider to be a security. So even the securities that they have charged Binance and Coinbase with trading are different for these two different exchanges. So they've charged uh, Coinbase with trading one set of unregistered securities where they've named the specific set the securities, and then they charge Binance with a different set. And there is some overlap here, but some of the things that Binance is being charged with trading are also traded on Coinbase, but Coinbase is not charged with trading those as unregistered securities. So like, it can't be the case that, you know, for Binance, they're unregistered securities, and for Coinbase, they're, they're, they're not. So what's going on? Like, how, how are these exchanges supposed to tell if they're in compliance with the law or not? They don't really know. The, right. biggest, the biggest example is Ethereum. Ethereum is the um, second largest cryptocurrency exchange after Binance. The token is Ether or ETH. And the, the head of the SEC, the chair, Gary Gensler, has contradicted himself numerous times about whether he considers Ethereum to be a security or not. Prior to coming to the SEC, he said that it was not a security. Um, at the SEC, he has said that everything except for Bitcoin could be a security, so that seems to imply that Ethereum is as well. And recently, when he testified before Congress, he was explicitly asked this, is Ethereum a security? And he refused to say. He refused to say, even though the SEC is charging some companies with trading Ethereum and saying that it's an unregistered security. And so there's just no consistency before the law here. And it's impossible for these companies to tell whether they are in compliance with the law or not, because the SEC won't say what is or is not a security.
Wow, that's just unbelievable. But it's it's as if like he doesn't want to say it out loud because then he can be held to account for that. And yeah. rather than like right now they're changing the goalposts. So right, no that that is that is exactly the case. Is that the SEC has been uh, rather than making an explicit law, they have been doing what they call enforcement actions, where they charge these companies with committing a crime, but they won't specifically say what whether it's a crime or not or what the law is. So the, mm-hmm. they're supposed to do. What they're supposed to do is create an actual rule through the notice and comment process. So the legal process is they they put out some proposal, then they get feedback from the public on that proposal, and then they issue a final rule based on the feedback that they got from the public. But they're refusing to do this. They're refusing to actually define what they consider to be a security. And in fact, they're refusing to say if they will or will not even create a rulemaking to give an official rule. So Coinbase has, has sued them for doing this and asked, just asked, like, are you going to create an official rule or not? And the SEC is refusing to say whether or not they will even create an official rule. And so this, again, this is totally inconsistent because Chair Gary Gensler has said, look, it's clear. It's clear under the law what is and is not a security. We don't need to go out and do an official rule because the rules are out there already. You know, we've said uh, and it's clear from the law. But if it's clear from the law, then the SEC should be able to say it's clear from the law, right? And when asked the question, are you going to make a rulemaking or not? Their answer should be, no, we're not going to make a rulemaking because it's clear under the law. But again, mm-hmm. they're refusing to do that. They're refusing to say that in court. They've, they've got, this has gone to court. Um, and the, the judge at, at first said, um, the, the, the SEC said we need more time, and then now they're getting a response from Coinbase about, about why the SEC doesn't need more time and should have to respond immediately. And so this is before the court right now about whether or not the SEC, the SEC should have to say whether or not they're actually going to make a rulemaking. And, and so, like, how, are, how is anyone supposed to know what is a security if the SEC won't say whether or not they're even going to make a rule about what is or is not a security? So we've spoken about this a little bit, yeah, off camera, and you were saying that you think it's unconstitutional. And is that because basically this looks like rather than um, these these things being decided by rule of law, they're being decided by rule of man? Like whoever's in the chair gets to kind of decide what it is arbitrarily and change the goalposts? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's unconstitutional, but it's definitely against the SEC's rules that they have. They have a Mm. legal process that they're supposed to follow. Um, and there's, you know, administrative procedure for that that they're not following. And so it seems clear to me that they um, should be following that rule and make a clear rule if they expect these companies to comply with the rule. Um, and so there, there's a, a big debate in the uh, uh, lawyers that work on crypto about what the, what the proper process should be and how they should be handling it. Um, but, you know, so, so like part of the question is, can the, will the, will Coinbase really be able to force the SEC to say whether they're going to make a law? I mean, it seems like the judge is maybe going to require them to answer the question, look, are you going to make a rule or not? And it still could be that the SEC says, look, no, we're not going to make a rule. But if that happens, if they say, no, we're not going to make a rule, then they face the situation that, um, if they're, if they're, 
lawsuits right now fail, if, if some of these things are found to not be securities, then it sets a very bad precedent and potentially all these court cases then get thrown out. And so, you know, so, so yeah, it is a little bit complicated legal process, but it's, um, it's definitely a contradiction of the things that the SEC is saying that Chair Gensler are saying, some of them appear to just not be true. I mean, Gensler is saying, look, the law is clear. And these exchanges, they just need to come in and register. He said it a number of times, come in and register, come in and register. He says, these companies are just trying to avoid regulation. They know what the rules are. They just don't want to comply. And the companies are saying, no, we want to comply. You know, Coinbase, um, when they got the Wells notice, that is the notice from the SEC that they were going to be sued, they put out a, a video and a public statement that said, Look, we've met with the SEC 30 times and they've given us zero guidance on how to comply. They've basically said it's impossible for us to comply. And, you know, then Gensler says, well, that's, they just don't want to comply. It's not true that they can't comply. Um, recently in, in testimony before Congress, uh, Dan Gallagher, who is a former SEC chair and now the compliance officer at Robinhood, he also said, look, we've been trying to comply. We've met with the SEC more than a dozen times, and they won't give us any guidance about how to comply. So this is the former commissioner of the SEC. If anyone was be, be able to follow the regulatory process to comply with the rules, you would think that he would be a person that would be able to do that. And if he can't do it, then it really seems like no one can. And so the SEC has put these exchanges in an impossible position that they're, they're saying just come in and register, but in truth, there's just no legal path to registration that would allow them to become in compliance with the law. So um, as I mentioned to you off camera, there was this white paper that came out uh, from the World Economic Forum in May, May 2023, just came out that talks about the crypto industry. I'll plug it in below and how it needs to be regulated uh, by stakeholders through a consensus. And there's a lot of different examples that they give about how things can be regulated. I know that you haven't had time to dig into it, but the timing is really coincidental because we've also seen that in Europe, they're starting to do the same things now where they're, again, they're cracking down regulatorily on the crypto industry. So, um, yeah, any thoughts about that? Yeah, so I, I, I'm a little bit mixed. So I, I, I don't know necessarily what's happening with the World Economic Forum, but I know that they want to regulate everything. And basically, you know, they're the people that are saying we should all be poor and like it and, and you know, eating crickets and, and destroying their economies and, you know, negative growth and all these things. Like, it's just crazy. We shouldn't be listening to anything that they're saying, I don't think. So it's mm -hmm. no surprise to me that they want a very strong regulation of crypto and they want stronger regulation of finance and stronger regulation of everything. And so, yeah, I think that's that's crazy. Crazy. Um, there are there are other agencies that are trying to regulate crypto more. We saw um, the IMF just this week. I think just this week, just recently, put out um, more guidance about uh, CBDCs and how they want to help coordinate central bank digital currencies around the world. Um, Europe, I'm, I'm actually kind of mixed on. I think their recent regulatory push, uh, the, the recent legislation from the EU that's um, called MECA, I can't remember what, the, what that's an abbreviation for something, but um, what I've read about it is that it is, it's actually pretty reasonable, especially mm -hmm. compared to the United States where it's giving no guidance at all. Europe is providing a path forward for cryptocurrency uh, exchanges and companies that want to issue cryptocurrency and also for companies that want to have their assets traded 
traded on the blockchain. So for example, we, we talked earlier about um, finance and the opportunity for a financial system based on the blockchain. In Europe, dozens of companies have already issued stocks and bonds on blockchain technology, but that can't happen in the United States because of this absurd push by the SEC to prevent any kind of, of crypto or blockchain technology being used. And so there's this big opportunity for growth in the financial sector on a more transparent, efficient technology than we're using. And the SEC is refusing to allow companies to use it. It's refusing to allow investors access to this safe, transparent technology. And so I think that you know, the, the EU is out competing the U.S. by providing clear and simple rules. There are a number of other jurisdictions that are wooing the cryptocurrency industry. So at the time where the SEC is trying to drive crypto out of the United States, uh, Hong Kong is trying to provide clear and stable rules and attract companies away. Uh, Dubai uh, is trying to draw crypto companies away. The UK, Coinbase, the agency that is now you know, being sued by the SEC for being an unregistered crypto exchange, they are in talks with regulators in the UK and Dubai and Hong Kong that are all trying to attract Coinbase and other American companies overseas. And so it mm -hmm. seems to me like the US is taking the wrong approach of attacking the cryptocurrency industry, trying to drive it out when other companies just see this huge opportunity opportunity that it presents. You know, we talked earlier about the the areas that the cryptocurrency industry is not just cryptocurrency, it's finance, it's social media, it's NFTs and artists and musicians and all these other great opportunities. But the United States is really just driving those out and not providing these kind of opportunities. The cryptocurrency industry itself is a multi-trillion dollar industry with hundreds of billions of dollars flowing into it all the time. We're talking about tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of jobs. We're talking about a huge industry that, I mean, over the next decade could be millions of American jobs. Why would we want to drive that out of the United States and into other countries? Why do we want our agencies to prevent access to American investors to this great new technology. It's its a mystery to me. Yeah, I think why is the question. Um, I think that we can find some clues, though, if we if we look and, and see what what's going on here with Operation Choke Point 2.0. Um, but that is an interesting point, Tom, that other countries are actually creating clearer boundaries, in your opinion, and that the U.S. is just like taking a sledgehammer to it and just saying... No. Yeah, I mean, what the regulators are doing, it's it's just, you know, absurd. I I I I should be trying to give like a more factual, balanced take, but I just I can't I can't believe some of the stuff that the regulators are doing. It just seems completely inconsistent with the rule of law and terrible for Americans. I mean, what they're doing is not a measured approach that's protecting investors, which is the SEC's job. It's not mm -hmm. helping facilitate capital formation, which is the SEC's job, and and it's not consistent with their own rules about how they're supposed to uh, create guidance and create rules for the for the industry. And so it seems pretty strange. Um, we, you know, we see uh, other examples of this where the SEC just doesn't seem to want to comply with the law and is doing some things that are pretty shady. Um, one of them is the recent promotion of uh, companies that are 
that don't seem to be uh, really good and compliant. And then the, the example that I'm that I'm thinking of is this company called Prometheum that that was just testifying before Congress. And so there were there were two recent congressional testimonies where people from the industry were coming and mostly saying. Um, Look, it's just impossible for us to comply, right? Like I mentioned, you know, Dan Gallagher that was with Robin Hood talking about how they've been trying to come into compliance with the law and just haven't been able to. You know, Coinbase saying they're trying to come into compliance with the law and they just haven't been able to. But there was this one company called Prometheum um, that no one had ever heard of before. And they were, they are actually the one company that has been able to register with the SEC as, as an exchange. So let, let me say this is also, this is weird because the registration process, like I said, Gary Gensler is saying, come in and register, but the companies are saying, look, we just can't do that. And one of the issues is you can't be a registered commodity exchange and securities exchange. So that's a problem because if the cryptocurrency tokens, some of them are considered securities and some of them are considered commodities. Well, look, if Bitcoin is a commodity and you want the uh, people to be able to trade Bitcoin, it means all these other things that are, that are considered securities wouldn't be able to be traded on your exchange. But if you want to be able to have people trading all these other ex uh cryptocurrency tokens that might be considered securities. Well, that's still a problem because the SEC won't say which ones are securities and which ones are commodities. And even the ones that it says are securities, it's saying are unregistered securities. And so any of those securities still would not be able to trade on your platform, right? And so there's literally like zero securities uh, or crypto tokens other than maybe Bitcoin that would be able to trade on your platform. So then there's this one company that says, oh, we're registered as a trading platform by the SEC. But how if they're not able to trade any of these tokens? It turns out they actually don't even have a platform or a product where people are able to trade tokens, not even Bitcoin, not even Ethereum, nothing, right? And so they, they don't even have a real exchange. And so, you know, where did they come from? Uh, it turns out they are like funded by some Chinese company that is associated with the CCP. And they got 50 million, almost $50 million from this company. And then they're paying millions of dollars to uh, another Chinese company for services that nobody knows what they're really for. And that company has been charged with a number of frauds by the U.S. regulators. And so mm. this whole thing, like we don't, th all this just happens. And so we're just finding out about it and no one really knows about this yet, but it's super sketchy. Someone described it as like a crime onion that you just keep peeling back the layers and there's just more and more fraud. <laughs> like what is going on here? No, we don't know yet. We don't know. Um, but, but it's weird mm. because this company is being held up by the SEC as is the exemplar, the example that all the other companies are supposed to follow. And it turns out it's this like scam company that might just be for, you know, defrauding all its investors or whatever. Why is the SEC promoting them instead of these legal companies like Coinbase that are trying to come into compliance with the law? You know, the crypto companies that want to comply and want to issue legal uh, tokens and or, or trade have have legal tokens traded on their exchange want to provide benefits for Americans, the SEC won't work with those companies and is promoting this scam company instead. It's just crazy.
Well, you know, Tom, I'll I'll speculate a little bit and I'll use my my Colombo hat here because, you know, to me that sounds kind of like a parallel with what happened with FTX. You had like this poster boy, you know, who was propped up and everybody said it was the best thing ever and it turned out to be a total scam. Um and then after FTX collapses, then you have more calls for regulation, right? You have more calls to say let's come in and fix this industry. So like if this new Promethean is kind of being propped up. It's really shady. Nobody knows what's going on there. Maybe it's just kind of like a, a something that's there to be able to then use as an I told you so cautionary tale later. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's pretty strange because I, like that's, I mean, in some ways, that's kind of what happened with Coinbase as well. So, you know, Coinbase IPO'd in 2021, and they got approval from the SEC to do that. And now the SEC is saying that they have been trading unregistered securities back to 2019. And so, wait a second, why did the SEC approve their IPO if they were trading unregistered securities? That seems pretty strange, right? Mm. Um, the SEC has kind of responded to this by saying, well, look, we don't, you know, we don't, when we approve an IPO, we don't inspect everything about the business. Okay, maybe, but their main business was trading cryptocurrencies. Like that's their only business. And so if you thought these things were unregistered securities, like why would you approve a company that that's their only business? It's what they do. Clearly at the time, the SEC didn't think that they were trading unregistered securities and has just changed its tune. I mean, really that's a big message here is that under Gary Gensler and especially this year where we've seen Operation point where we've seen this coordinated attack by regulators, the SEC just flipped from being a company, uh, uh, being an, an agency that was accepting and maybe even trying to promote the cryptocurrency industry to being its enemy. And now trying to drive it out, trying to get, get rid of crypto in the United States. They've just gone on the warpath, attacking all these cryptocurrencies and doing it in a completely ambiguous, unclear, uh, unfair way. And that is a huge change from what they what they were doing before. And it's just really like unfair to the industry and bad policy for Americans. And so, you know, I don't know what caused that change, but it definitely is not consistent with what the SEC has done in the past. It's not consistent with what they're supposed to be doing, and it's not consistent with the rule of law. So, Tom, I think we've covered most of our ground here. Um, I really appreciate this. If you want to leave any last thoughts but before doing so i just have one sh quick question for you that maybe sure. our audience can ponder the answer to when was gary gensler appointed head of the sec um let me think i think it was around 2021 um i think that coinbase's ipo was sometime around gary gensler's appointment either right before or right after um and so they've been you know under his entire tenure uh according to him, you know, trading unregistered securities. Okay. So he hasn't been there for that long. Um, he was somehow connected with, wasn't it Sam Bankman Fried's girlfriend, something like that. <laughs> like there was some weird ties there. And, and yeah. now we see this kind of choke point 2.0. I mean, it's just like I said, that it, it looks like rule of man rather than rule of law. So like you have somebody in that position uh, who's, 
who's doing, I don't know who's bidding, but who seems to be taking a, a different kind of role than maybe yeah. was there before. Right. I mean, so there are all kinds of weird connections with uh, Gary Gensler that, I mean, part of it is, is that when he was at MIT, he was he was interested in cryptocurrency. I don't know if that had anything to do with why he was appointed to the SEC, but definitely was the case that when he was appointed, a lot of people thought that he was at least a fan or understood the benefits of cryptocurrency. He had certainly talked about it a lot. He had taught a course on it. But that meant that he also had a lot of weird associations with the industry. So he, you know, he had ties to Sam Bankman-Fried, met with him a number of times. Um, now some of the uh, representatives in Congress question whether he was giving special treatment to FTX. FTX was talking about trying to get, have a registered exchange that other um, companies didn't have access to. And he had been meeting with Gary Gensler in private. So there's definitely accusations about that. Um, Gary Gensler did work at MIT uh, with the the father of one of the uh, major FTX. I think actually she wasn't F- FTX. She was at the um, Alameda. Yeah, Alameda Research, which was the hedge fund owned also by Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, and so there was this weird association there. But there's also weird associations with coin uh, with Binance, which is now being sued. So after the start of this lawsuit, you know, Gary Gensler was he, – he does a ton of PR stuff, where which is not normal for the SEC commissioner. But he makes videos and puts them out on YouTube, and he goes on a bunch of talk shows – and so right after the lawsuit with Binance, he was going on the talk show circuit and talking about how terrible these companies were. And so Binance did a, kind of a response saying, look, Gary Gensler um, is not totally innocent here. He's someone that had talked with us about being an advisor, that he had met with uh, CZ, the the uh, owner, of the, you know, the the I don't know, CEO of Binance multiple times and had all these private conversations. Um, in fact, they, they said that, um, that Gensler, before one of his congressional testimonies, had actually sent CZ a copy beforehand and given him uh, preferential access to what he was going to say. And so, like, there's all these weird relationships that Gary Gensler has. Um, He's been asked about it and said he didn't think it was enough that he needed to recuse himself. But it is weird, you know, all these connections to these companies that he's accusing of being fraudulent. And um, it's just a lot of very strange kind of sketchy stuff. Again, the Promethean example, like very sketchy and weird and I'm sure a lot of people are going to look into that in more details and so maybe maybe we'll hear more about it later um, maybe some of this stuff will be brought up in court I think it, it is likely that the that some of this will be discussed in some of the court cases I, I've seen some lawyers say like man, Gary Gensler is now in danger of being called in a ton of depositions because of all these private conversations with the, that he had with companies he is now suing. And so it's all pretty weird. Um, it's something that is, again, like just seems really unprofessional and strange to be coming from the head of a government regulatory agency, especially considering the just unprofessional and unfair stance that the agency has taken against the cryptocurrency industry and his comments that he just doesn't think that industry should exist, despite the fact that he's supposed to be unbiased overseeing this agency as their primary regulator. 
Yeah, it sounds exactly like Atlas Shrugged when they're kind of sitting up in this hotel uh, uh, parlor and, you know, discussing things between the regulators and the, the, the heads of corporations. Like, it all sounds very crony and very sketchy. And I guess we'll see uh, how it all kind of develops. And uh, hopefully, you know, um, there will be some clarity, but it doesn't look like it's going in a good direction now. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the SEC is trying to push cryptocurrency out of America, and that might end up happening. It might be that a lot of this stuff moves offshore uh, to the UK, to the EU, to Hong Kong. Um, but we don't want that. You know, we want this big developing industry in the United States. We want all the jobs that come with it. We want to be the leader in this technology, and we want American citizens to have access to this new, safe, uh, transparent developing technology. Yes, there are some scams, and I hope that the industry itself will find a way to drive those out. I hope that the industry itself will develop some self-regulatory agencies where the exchanges and other groups that are issuing tokens choose to abide by some rules. I mean, that's what we had before we had financial regulation done by the government in the United States. It was done by these private en entities. I mean, the New York Stock Exchange was a private organization that self-regulated and had rules about what its members were allowed to do, how the securities were traded, what disclosures they, con they had. Um, and that kind of a private group is better at res responding to customer demand than the government is. And so I'd love to see that kind of self-regulation in the cryptocurrency industry and and not this heavy-handed regulation by the government. I think if we let this um, industry develop, it's going to be safer, it's going to be better for Americans than if the government gets more involved and definitely if the government drives it out of the, the United States. That's something that would not be good for American investors or the American economy. All right, Tom. Well, I think that uh, this has been a great uh, covering of the bases here. So do you have any last thoughts? No, I mean, I think there there are signals that the SEC and the other agencies want to take this further. And so, you know, I'm obviously afraid of that. They now want to go after decentralized finance. Another charge that they had against Coinbase was that the Coinbase wallet is uh, somehow facilitating the raid the trade of securities. The wallet is is nothing to do with the exchange. It's just a software application that that you download and lets you trade. It's not any different than Microsoft's role in doing that or Google Chrome, right? But the SEC is not charging Microsoft or Google because people would say that's stupid and absurd, but they're charging the Coinbase you know, wallet with doing this because people just don't know enough about it and they're basically exploiting people's uh, lack of knowledge in this area. And they're mm -hmm. trying to branch into all these other areas that they're not supposed to be in just because, you know, the public doesn't know any better. And so I, I hate that. I don't want to see it. I mean, same thing with other other agencies trying to drive out stable coins and other things. And so, you know, I hope that we'll see pushback from the courts that these some of these lawsuits by the SEC will fail and set a precedent. But really, I hope we'll see some regu um, some laws from Congress to tell the agencies what they are and are not allowed to do, tell the agencies what is and is not a security to decide what's the area of the SEC for this CSFTC, um, and maybe even about stable coins. And so I hope we'll see some regulation here, and maybe that'll answer a lot of these questions and really do a better job of protecting American investors, protecting consumers, not from the uh, industry, but from the U.S. financial regulatory agencies. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks. Glad to be on. Look forward to talking to you again. <laughs>